Blog Talk Radio. Greetings. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry, as we discuss today's episode, The IRS Shared Responsibility Payment. As most of you are aware, I conducted a series the mid part of last year in regard to the Affordable Health Care Act, also referred to as Obamacare. And during that three-part series, we discussed some of the advantages and disadvantages of the Affordable Health Care Act. We went and reviewed how from different states throughout different regions, individuals were able to utilize the marketplace to apply for new health care insurance. We also discussed some of the problems associated and the hidden problems associated with utilizing the marketplace and individuals attempting to attain health care insurance benefits particularly as it pertains to certain sectors of society, single women with no children, such as myself, other women and men who are employed in colleges and university settings that once had and or offered them health care benefits even though they were part-time employees. We talked about how the government employees and military uh, personnel were able to benefit from certain continued insurance coverages as opposed to the private sector. We also was able to discuss during those episodes how states like Georgia differed in terms of the programs and services that it afforded individuals who did not make a certain amount of money and did not qualify or have the income to sustain purchasing insurance through the marketplace. So that brings us to the episode now, which is dealing with the shared responsibility payment. And I like to refer to it as a penalty or a tax. And we're going to discuss more about that when I return. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry. As we discussed today's episode, the IRS shared payment. Now, they use the term shared responsibility payment. But here's the reality. When President Obama was soliciting the services of the American people and trying to garner the support of the American people and corporate America as it pertained to the Affordable Health Care Act, there were no mentions at that time about the American people having to pick up a tab to be able to pay for insurance when, in fact, they couldn't afford it. Now, what does that really mean? The shared responsibility payment is really a penalty that the IRS basically places upon any American who did not attain insurance either through the marketplace or the private sector or employment, and the alleged reasoning for this particular payment is so that we share in the responsibility of taxing, I use the term taxing, not them, the American people who do not have insurance. Now, here's the reality. For people like myself and a host of others who prior to the Affordable Health Care Act and realizing that there was nothing affordable about it, most of us paid very nominal monthly fees for health care. And many of us had excellent programs and PPOs that enabled us to go anywhere we wanted to with very nominal deductibles and monthly premiums. Today, the insurance that once cost $138 per month is now somewhere in the $400 range for many of us with a six to $9,000 per year deductible. And so you ask yourself, the average American, does he or she really utilize six to $9,000 in medical expenses every year? If so, 
then insurance would be a benefactor or beneficial to you. If not, then it's not going to be, and it's going to be a burden. Because not only are you going to be responsible for the monthly premiums in excess of three to $400 in some districts and jurisdictions, but you're also going to be responsible for paying your actual medical expenses if you fail to reach and or attain the annual deductible. In other words, if you have $15,000 in medical expenses, fine, they'll pay the pickup. But what if you only close out the year with $4,000 in medical expenses? Because you did not attain or reach the deductible, you're going to be responsible for those out-of-pocket expenses in addition to the monthly premium. Why is that important or relative to this show and the show and the shared responsibility payment? It's relative to that and relevant to that as follows. Most people make conscious decisions based on their income that it wasn't financially conducive for them to actually get insurance, whether you're my, like myself and you're single, not married, with no children, or alternatively, whether you have a household and it's too much money for you to finance that entire household. So you're going on a hope, a wish, and a prayer that you never need the insurance. But it's not because you don't want it. The reality is, most Americans cannot afford it. So why then say to us that you're offering or profit unto us an affordable health care app that is supposed to make insurance accessible and affordable to all Americans and then say to those of us who cannot afford it, if you don't get it, we're going to punish you. Now, with all due respect, Mr. and Mrs. IRS, you can use whatever term you want, Uncle, Tom, Uncle Sam and Aunt Thomasina. You can use whatever term you want, Aunt Samantha. At the end of the day, Uncle Sam and Aunt Samantha, this is what it comes down to. You are punishing the American people for their failure or inability to be able to afford insurance by saying to us that at the end of every fiscal tax season, we are responsible for paying upwards of about 254 to $298 per year per person because we could not afford your affordable health care insurance. Now, for people like me that reside in the state of Georgia who are single, unmarried, no children, when I go to the marketplace and I click on the different icons and programs that I'm supposed to qualify for, I'm always asked the same question, are you pregnant? No, I am not. Do you have children? No, I do not. So I automatically don't qualify for any breaks, none whatsoever. And, yes, I know that there's some political issues in regard to states like Georgia who either chose not to buy into and or be recipients of certain programs and services offered by the government. But guess what? Those weren't conversations that people had when they were selling us on the Affordable Health Care Act. Because if those became conversations that were noteworthy, they would have become the subject of much debate during a lot of elections, where then those local state residents could have made decisions about their leadership to say, well, if you're not going to do this and this is the population that's going to suffer and this is how the mass majority of our state is going to suffer, then maybe we need to have a leadership in place that's going to go this direction as opposed to the opposite direction. I think today or yesterday a, a federal court judge ordered the federal government to pay the state of Georgia about $90 million in 
overpaid Medicaid expenses. But the fact of the matter is, as we talk about Medicaid and other federal subsidized programs for the American people who need the benefit of health care, it's not available for most of us. Most people like myself do not qualify for those type of programs or services. So as we work toward the April 15th deadline, and we equally work toward the March 31st deadline for individuals to go back into the marketplace to reapply, I will be responsible <laughs> for having to pay the shared responsibility penalty because it's not a payment. A payment would suggest that it's a donation that I am voluntarily willing to do. Well, I'm not willing to give you anything, Uncle Sam or Aunt Thomasina. I'm really not, but I know that I have to. That's a battle I don't need, especially at this stage of my life, right? But the fact of the matter is, why tell me that the Affordable Health Care Act was to the benefit of the American people to see to it that we all receive insurance that we could afford? And then for those of us who cannot afford it, or financially it's not conducive for us to buy into the marketplace programs or services, because we look at the long-term financial effects, why are you punishing us? We'll be back. Thank you for joining me, Sherry, on Live with Sherry. As we discuss today's episode, IRS, Shared Responsibility Payment. Again, I refer to it as a penalty. It is a shared tax and a penalty. There is no shared responsibility that I should have. Let me remind you as we move forward with this episode that when we were told about the Affordable Health Care Act, I said to a lot of people then that it was going to be nothing short of a mandatory insurance policy that was akin to auto insurance for most jurisdictions around the United States, as well as health care insurance equivalencies like Medicare, Medicaid, and I'll explain that in a moment. But the same way we have to have home insurance and auto insurance, those are mandatory in most jurisdictions, that's exactly what this health care, they told us that these programs and services would assist those who could not afford it and therefore benefit those who were receiving Medicare and Medicaid. And that didn't really happen because most people who would otherwise qualify for insurance do not qualify for Medicaid benefits. Let me say this again. Most people, when we were doing our research all last year, we found that the majority of the people went to the marketplace who would otherwise qualify for those monthly premiums, they didn't qualify for any Medicare programs, but they didn't have the money. We have in this country the working poor, the working poor. So let's say you're an attorney, but you're in remission with cancer, but when you do come out of remission, it's costing you up with the $10,000 for each one of your chemo treatments, not to mention the fact that you can't work. And then let's say that you go to a social worker and you're asking them for assistance with programs like Medicaid or peach care type program. They're telling you because you're an attorney, there's nothing that they could do for you. So what do we really do for the working poor? How effective, if at all, is the Affordable Health Care Act? So let's say that you are working with people who suffer from pancreatic cancer. The marketplace said that you were going to be able to go to any doctors you want, that you didn't necessarily have to stay in the network, there was supposed to be a freedom 
with the type of treatment that you could receive, particularly targeted individuals who had terminal illnesses and that you did not have to report your illnesses if you applied before March 31st. We're finding that those were all lies as well. So what is the truth about the Affordable Health Care Act? We find that it's not affordable for most Americans at all, and it's going to take an act of Congress, if you will, for us to really go back in and mutually, or as I would suggest in a bipartisan manner, working across the aisles to figure out how do we allow this program to work best for all people. The legislative intent is different from the outcome. The legislative intent is different from the outcome. So originally, when our President Barack Obama was traveling throughout the country, sharing his thoughts and ideas concerning the Affordable Health Care Act, it led most Americans to believe that this is great. It will finally give all Americans the opportunity to be insured. What most of us didn't count on was something like an IRS tax under the auspice of the name of a shared responsibility payment. So why am I responsible for sharing in the remittance of payments for everyone else? It sounds to me like it's another way to get Americans to pay for or pay into Medicaid programs no different than we pay into Social Security and Medicare. Let me say that again. It sounds to me to be a subliminal way to force Americans to pay into Medicaid programs, low-income health care programs, the same way they force us to pay into Social Security and Medicare. I would suggest that in lieu of taxing Americans at the end in a tax season, that it may be best for them to come up with a way that in addition to Social Security and Medicare, that maybe they add a Medicaid or health care tax. That is a one-time fee or that's taken out maybe a dollar or two or come up with a percentage. Because, again, the reality is if you are a single working adult and you go buy a pack of chicken, you don't get to go to Publix or Harris Teeters and say, or Bruno's and say, hey, listen, I'm a single person. Get me one piece of chicken. Remember Chris Rock? I just need one rib, just one rib. No, you can't ask for that. You buy based on what's available. And the minimum amount of chicken that's usually in a pack, the chicken breast is four, the chicken legs are six, and so on and so forth, and skinless chicken and the like. My point that I'm making is the notion that because you're single and you make $100,000 a year or more, that somehow your money is the equivalent of a two-family or more household is absurd. The fact that you may have a single person who makes 20000 or less per year and he or she is treated the equivalent of a two-family income is absurd. In some people's mind, they're thinking, well, Sherry, it's only 200 and some odd dollars. You're missing the point. The point is, if most people could afford health insurance, there would be no reason for the shared responsibility payment. The reality is that most of us who are forced to pay it, it is because we cannot afford the regular monthly premiums. It's not because we're being defiant or we just made a decision that we don't want health care insurance. So it is a penalty. It is a punishment. To suggest that I now have to pay 
into some program or service because I could not afford to pay regular monthly premiums. There is nothing affordable about the Affordable Health Care Act, particularly if you reside in states like Georgia and particularly where you were used to paying $138 per month for insurance and it's now almost triple that with a deductible of upwards of six to $9,000. And that is exclusive of what it's costing for emergency rooms and prescription drugs. And don't let them lie and tell you that they're not worried about what your health was before because they are. And no, you don't have full access to go anywhere. So if you have cancer, you can't just simply say, I want to go to MD Anderson or I want to go to Cancer Center Treatments of America. No. They're still playing by the same rules that they played by pre-Affordable Care Act enactment. The same rules. We're just now responsible for paying more. So this is the joke. This is why I don't believe that the Republicans are angry, because who controls Wall Street? Who controls the banking industry? And who's really profiting? from Americans being forced to have insurance. This is mandatory insurance coverage. Don't be fooled. It is the equivalent of auto insurance and home insurance. It's mandatory. It may not have been intended to start out that way, or maybe it was, but the end result, this is mandatory coverage, and you are being punished and penalized if you don't have it on what the IRS calls a shared responsibility payment. Let's not be confused by this at all. And it's sad because the communities and the groups that are most adversely affected have been the communities and groups who have been the most quiet and silent. And a lot of that is because the African-American, the Latino community did not want to speak out on anything that President Obama did. And I get it, your first president of African origin, but at the end of the day, there were things that we should have came to the table and said and did many who had voices that are much more louder, if you will, than mine, who may have been able to get some things brought to the forefront, because who's really going to be responsible for that taxation? You have so many families with college students who did not insure their college students, not because they didn't want to. They could not afford to. You have a lot of people who are under child custody orders that were originally going to be ending if the children were 19 or graduated from high school. And a lot of those orders are being modified to be extended to 24 years of age and or until the child graduates from college. So this Affordable Health Care Act is adversely affecting so many families at a time and in an economy where people are still suffering, although there's progression, there's always regression, where the rich are definitely getting richer and the poor getting poorer because it has been through Obama's administration, President Obama's administration, that our stock exchange in Wall Street has performed the best, the best, the best under his administration than in the history of its monitoring. And some people say that that might be a sign for worse depression to come, just as they monitored the stock market prior to 1929. I don't know. But for those who are in it to win it, it's working to their advantage. But for those of us who were looking truly for an affordable health care insurance coverages, we were definitely not looking to be penalized for not being able to afford monthly premiums by being taxed at the end of the fiscal year 
with a IRS shared responsibility payment. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry, as we discuss today's episode, the IRS shared responsibility payment. As most of you have been following my series on the Affordable Health Care Act, you are very aware of my position, if you will, as it pertains to this being considered mandatory health care coverage. It is, to me, akin or synonymous to auto insurance and home mortgage insurance. I recently had the opportunity of conversing with people who lived up north who were surprised that in states like Georgia that we have to pay taxes every single year on our birthday for those of us who own motor vehicles. And I remember a gentleman stating that in his home state of Pennsylvania it would almost be anarchy for the people up there to get notification that they would have to pay taxes on their birthday for the cars that they own. And so I asked the gentleman, I said, well, then what do you all do in Pennsylvania? He's like, we don't pay taxes on our vehicles. We pay home tax. We pay, you know, regular auto insurance coverage. But that's it. So when I think of the IRS shared responsibility payment, the point that I'm making, there were a million and one different ideas, suggestions, methods, ways, or ideas that could have played themselves out so that Americans were not forced to pay for their inability to pay. And I respectfully state and submit that this is all about common sense. Common sense would dictate that if most of us were able to afford monthly premiums, you would not have a need for a shared responsibility. There is this presumption that Americans are just so trying to find the right word, rebellious, that we would just wake up one day and say, we're not going to get health care insurance because we are going to rebel against Obama. We're not going to pay health care because we're going to rebel against the Affordable Health Care Act. And I respectfully submit, I don't think that that's the case. I think in the year that I've had to do my own research, conversing with college students from all demographics and different regions around this country, to trying to communicate and converse with different people in corporate America as well, and those also in the public sector as well as the military, to sort of gauge and glean their understanding and interpretation and how they conceptualize the Affordable Health Care Act. How does it play out in their private lives? How does it affect them financially? What changes, if any, have they experienced? So that before I come on the air to have these communications, I feel like I've done my homework. But the greatest person of all is me because I don't have the insurance. Nope. But I know I have to pay the tax on it. And guess what? I would rather be responsible for paying the tax, not that I want to, but I know I have no other alternative than to be stuck paying upwards of three to four times the amount of the monthly insurance that I paid in the past, coupled with a $6,900 deductible and a PPO that's not going to give me access to any hospital or place that I would want to go. And there's a price that I have to pay for that, I'm sure. But there are millions of Americans right now as we speak who have made the decision based on financial reasons and financial reasons alone. They just can't afford it. And so because they can't afford it, you're going to make them pay, not per household, but for the individuals in that household, based on certain criteria set forth by the IRS, $254 to $298 cash. How they came up with that amount, I don't know. But think of it this way. The government will make a billion-plus dollars just from that shared responsibility tax. 
and and we're told that it's supposed to offset those who cannot afford health insurance. So in actuality, the Affordable Health Care Act became a method and a means for mandatory health care coverage, but it also became the new Social Security and Medicare tax that ends up on our payroll every week or biweekly or monthly. And instead of them simply just devising a program that would actually say, we're going to deduct this percentage every month from your check that will go toward this Medicaid, we're going to wait, and at the end of every tax season, you're going to pay. And here's the dilemma. If this is the first tax season since the enactment of the Affordable Health Care Act, the reality should tell us that it's going to go from the 200 range to eventually triple to eventually where families might be paying up with the $2,500 and eventually may end up having to pay something like four or five. Because in as much as they give us these earned income credits and all these other benefits, both educationally, how much we pay in medical bills, et cetera, you better believe that that shared responsibility payment is eventually going to find its way to the thousands of dollars to eventually find in itself to be deemed a penalty if we don't actually get insurance. So my prayer is that we realize that the Americans who don't have it, that's insurance that is, it's because most of us cannot afford it. And when we think long-term, it's not financially conducive for us to expend that much money and end up having to pay for our medical services anyway because we did not attain or reach the annual deductible. So why give us a half-butt program to start with and then punish us in the end. How do we go from $138 per month for a program with United Health or Blue Cross Blue Shield to almost 441 per month? How do you go from a deductible of annual deductible of $1500 to almost 9 grand, 6900 to $9000 in some jurisdictions? How do you do that? How do they justify that? They just change, they, they, it's like having an invisible line that as soon as you think you've attained it or reached it, it somehow moves further and further and further away. So in the end, we did not make insurance or health care in this country affordable. It's not. If we were utilizing the exact same programs and services we had before without the lifetime cap, I think in the end we would work out better. That is, instead of now saying to me, your deductible is $6,900 per year, why can't I just have the $1,500 that I had before? Why is it so much greater now? And why is it so much more expensive if it's deemed affordable? If it's deemed affordable, then why is it costing three times the amount per month? And why is it jumped almost 500% for the deductible? And then that doesn't include the preventive programs, the emergency room, or the prescription drugs. So that certain prescription drugs that you need, you now may have to get them at a generic, and you're still paying top dollar for that. Almost $125 a pill? That's not affordable. There's nothing affordable about that. So not only can we no longer afford to get sick, even if we have insurance, you definitely cannot afford to be sick if you don't. And it's unfortunate 
that as the American people were sold into this Affordable Health Care Act, we've now learned that through that enactment, we are now responsible for paying a shared responsibility payment, which is nothing more than a penalty. Thank you for joining me, Attorney Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry for today's episode, The IRS, The Shared Responsibility Payment, which is nothing more than a new taxation and penalty against the American people that would best be surmised if it ends up on our work forms as a deduction along with Social Security and Medicare, as opposed to forcing us to pay a lump sum that's going to continue to grow over the years. Let them be encouraged. Thank you.